Hi there. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for March 13th, 2020. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Yo. How you doing today, Ed? Hanging in there. That's good. I'm okay. I'm glad you're hanging in. We're going to be hanging in together while we go through this uh, interesting topic today. And Hi. Noma. Hello, hello. How you been? Uh, about the same. Fantastic. Let's hang in there together <laughs> as Noma tells us what we will be learning about today on the discussion show. All right. So, yeah, today we're going to be talking. Well, I mean, this podcast, we're always talking about just general discussions and things, all things Star Wars. So for this episode, we are specifically going to be talking about force users and the differences between them and what we like with them. And yeah, that's what we'll be tackling today. So if you've got any questions or, you know, comments on this episode or anything like that, uh, Ed, would you mind telling the viewers how they can get a hold of us? Absolutely. Uh, you can get a hold of us by email. That's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with us on any social media, really. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on all of those sites. You can find us through a search of just Voice Force Pod. Um, from Twitter, retweeting, Instagram, reposting, anything that we have to do with new episode tweets, posts, anything like that really does help with growing the listener base because if you enjoy it, other people will probably enjoy it too. Um, you can find everything, more of that information on our website that is voiceoftheforce.com. And finally, listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Five stars bumps us up, and then people will see your comments, and then you can write everything you want. Do it. And make sure you subscribe for free. You get the latest episode as it releases. And again, it is a free to subscribe. Apple Podcasts is changing their... Uh, wording to follow like they have on like Spotify I believe just because people are so afraid to hit that subscribe button and pay monies they're, they're like oh no if I hit that subscribe button I'll have to pay $5.99 a month if you paid $5.99 a month for this you have been ripped off it is a free podcast <laughs> all right with that said let's get into the discussion show today we're talking about the force and force users follow us through the tunnel through the Jedi temple or I don't know the Sith Temple. I don't know. We're going somewhere, guys, and follow us. This is new. Well, new problem. New door. Chop, stay here. Keep an eye out. So yeah, we have quite a bit of different topics to cover today. Um, a lot of different orders, I guess, and people, things that have uh, used the Force in uh, Star Wars canon and Star Wars Expanded Universe or Legends now. And uh, we have quite a list. I didn't expect this to be this many. Like, you're like, oh yeah, the Jedi and the Sith and like, you know, like the Night Sisters and about it. Like, oh yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> no, no, there's a lot more. I mean, we could have made this. We could have made this list even longer too, because there are. I can't. I can't remember them for the life of me anymore. But in Legends, there used to be offshots of the Jedi and the Sith as well. Mm, where yeah. I can't. I can't remember most of their name. The only one that sticks out, and I don't even know why anymore, was I remember there's a group of Darksiders called. It's like the Brotherhood of Jarat or Jarad or something. Okay. Yeah. So there's even more. I mean, yeah. Like, almost a cultish like a kind dozen. of Sith 
cults type thing. Yeah, and, and there were different. I remember there were some different forces. There were different light side users who, you know, believed that necessarily that the Jedi shouldn't necessarily be peacekeepers, or there were ones that were like, we shouldn't get involved with the the events of the galaxy. We just need to find enlightenment through the Force. But mm. yeah, those ones aren't quite as well known. And yeah, I think right now we've got the most known uh, topics down, but. I guess with that as well, I was going to ask just because of how much I know you guys now, because we all like the Jedi, but I feel like, do we all like the Sith a little bit more or? Um, I enjoy the Sith. I don't know if I like them more. I feel like the Jedi has more variety from what I've seen, I guess. Like we have different types of styles of fighters like, you know, Emperor Palpatine and Sith. Uh, Darth Vader, he's more like the juggernaut. And then we have Dooku, who's more like the fencer. Darth Maul, who's like the, the martial artist, I guess. Like, you get that, but, like, in general, there's only, like, one big plot, which is Palpatine's plot. So you don't really get, I don't know, you don't get a lot of different differences. See a lot of differences, I guess, in my my opinion. But, I mean, See, yeah. with... <sighs> it's... It's not that I like one more than the other, per se. Like, I do talk Sith a lot. <laughs> but um, just the fact of the matter that it depends on the, like you were saying, like the faction of Jedi. or, or Because there are some, I find, that it's just like, I agree with you completely. The ones that question, the ones that go off and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, with, Light of, with the High Republic, it's great because the interpretation of how like each individual Jedi sees the force and interprets it is amazing because that's something that I didn't really think about until like, like think about in, in detail for my, on a personal level. Like if you had to interpret it somehow, like what would it feel like to you or what would it look like to you or what, what would you see it as? Um, and it, it's, it's tough to say, oh, this one is better because, or that one is better because like, I feel like if the Jedi weren't so contradictory, it'd be easier for me to like them. But I'm constantly getting frustrated by like, oh, we have this great idea. Go do it. Because the Sith is just like, I have this idea. I'm going to do it. Damn, it didn't work. I'm mm. mad. I'll do whatever. Or, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to do that because it's stupid. And why would I do that? And I'm going to put myself in danger. So like, no, I understand that the Jedi mindset is collective. But if you're following something so blind, like the council was in the later years, and not even then, because we were discussing this before, but like, in most media we see every decision the council makes is either backwards wrong or leads to further disaster all because it's like what you didn't have the foresight no because you tried to use force for everything rather than just look at report and be like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense we should do that so just that frustrates me and to be in an organization like that would just i would end up becoming that now that we know way seekers <laughs> are a thing mm-hmm I'd probably go that route because you become your own master. You do your own thing. You follow your own plan. You're not necessarily evil by doing that. And you're still going out to help people, but you're, you're like the epitome of what Qui-Gon was saying. You let the force guide you and that's it. Like there is no counsel for you. There's nothing like you have the force. You've been trained in it and they'll let it guide you as to where you need to go or where you need to be. That is what a Jedi is to me. And if that was portrayed more than hundred percent, I'd be like, yeah, that's the thing to do. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so I guess yeah, <laughs> I guess that means that I'm the the only one of the three who definitely prefers the Sith to mm -hmm. the Jedi. 
because I don't know, like when I started getting into expanded universe and those kinds of things, especially with uh, Kotor, Kotor two, and and some of the other ones, kind of, and even uh, Swotor to a degree, just learning about the kind of in betweens for mm. Sith, because you know, like Palpatine, pure evil, Malak, pure evil. Those ones I'm not super interested in. It was when you you start getting into the Sith who are kind of not necessarily, yeah, and and not necessarily just always being, you know, you you must respect my power. I am the strongest. I'll kill anyone who says otherwise. Mm. Just kind of seeing, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just temper tantrums. But it's always the the ones that I've always been drawn to. And you know, if anyone's played Swotor, then you know, I'm sure they they agree with this because everyone seems to really like him as a Sith Lord. But like Darth Mar. Yeah, people like him shit host, yeah mm-hmm. yeah well we're and it's also just with his story right and him just being like i'm just doing what i what i'm doing for the good of the empire like i'm you know he's actually trying to Better look it. at the bigger picture besides just immediate personal power and reputation so, yeah because he has all that right so it's mm. just like you know you 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 why why go for more and you don't need more you're at the highest position you could be mm. now what and it's just like, oh, you could be the typical Sith of that day and pull nonsense and bullshit and rivalry structures. No, you have Which your power similar base. similar to what Malgus does, right? Yeah, yeah. And Malgus, I also... Yeah, he turns it up to 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but his his ideals, if you want to go with Malgus at that point, were amazing. Oh, yeah. True Sith it, ideals, I, I would say. Yeah, if anybody... Anybody who was playing through that Ilum storyline, I doubt there's a single person who was just like, no, that's stupid. Why would you get them to help? Everybody was probably just like, no, that makes sense. Go do that. You want to win? Yeah, Yeah, go do the the, the thing he's saying. I don't care if you have to call him Emperor. At this point, he has the best idea. No, we can't betray him. Well, you're going to lose then. And sure enough, until Iseth Hope 5 comes through, lucky Deus Ex Machina, (laughs) you you are losing and losing bad. Deus DLC Machina. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah like you're you're right malgus definitely yeah and he held to it he double crossed everybody on for the bit of his own because the only problem was there were a lot of sith who wanted to stop him and yeah the republic didn't want this because a unified empire like that letting anybody who wants to just vent join up yeah oh, 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 way oh. too dangerous yeah but yeah exactly like I don't know that that mission also annoyed me a little bit because there wasn't any option to be like, I like you know what I like the sound of that I'm on yeah, board because <laughs> I thought that would have been you know that would have been cool. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I was hoping that that we'd get that chance, but yeah, and I I think it's also just because with my temperament, I think I I learned around the time that you know the prequels are coming out and I was getting into. Uh, expanded lore i was just like i'm never gonna be a jedi i can't do that i can't i can't do that kind of stuff but a sith a sith who's not you know just a crazy monster man that i could probably do deals in absolutes i don't know anybody like that (laughs) well of course the irony being that you know the statement that he's saying at that point is also an absolute Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i just wanted before we get too far into the sith i kind of figure we kind of jumped into it um but the jedi um it's kind of what a lot of people when they think of star wars it's that's the thing they think of they think of the lightsabers the peace the the peacemakers the people who go and you know help people in the galaxy um you know we have obi-wan kenobi qui-gon jinn at the beginning of the prequels um you know we get the whole jedi council um Mm. in the original trilogy we basically only have luke skywalker 
um, and Yoda, I guess, in a way, um, and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's there for that, you know, tiny little bit of time to show Luke the ropes, I guess. Um, and then we get into the sequel trilogy, which we get Rey, kinda. She's kinda Jedi, I would say. I, she, she's more like Ahsoka, and, like, she's not a Jedi, but she's more like her own Force user with a lightsaber, I guess. Mm. Um, and then we have Ben Solo, I guess, in a way, once he kind of comes back from the dark side. But apart from that, not much. I guess we have Leia in that as well, and Luke. Um, I think that's but, it. Yeah. <laughs> of, of the Jedi that we see in, like, the movies. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the Jedi overall? Like, the, you know, the fall of the Jedi from the prequels all the way to, I guess, the sequels. Well, I think Ed has a great point with what he was saying earlier, right? Especially with the prequel era and you, and now what we're seeing with High Republic, it's just, it's just a lot of the Jedi just tripping over each other because the Council is so simultaneously inept and powerful. Yeah. You know, you can't really go against them or say anything against them, and you know. Yeah, they're the, they're the highest authority, but it's not necessarily a good thing. There's a great... I can't even remember... I I think... I can't remember if it's from the Attack of the Clones novel or if it's from something else, but there there's a great quote that I like that Dooku says when I think he's talking to Obi-Wan, and he's saying, you know, Yoda's been Grand Master for hundreds of years, hmm. but his opinion doesn't change. You know, he doesn't rise with the times. He just continues to do what he thinks is right. And that's partially why the order was stagnated up until that point. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which now with High Republic, I, you know, we're getting a slightly different story. But I mean, who knows? By the end of it, Yoda might be Grand Master. Yeah. And then that gives that 200 years for that to, to take place. But yeah, the sorry, uh, yeah, the, the mm-hmm. only Jedi order that I've I've ever been interested in was and it's dead now unfortunately but in expanded universe luke skywalker's jedi order in yeah. like the sequel right. trilogy era the, the, the era of in the, the new republic in yeah, the legends yeah because yeah. Yeah. that one made a lot of sense to me and a lot of his rules made sense and you know because he the, he learned from the mistakes of the jedi exactly mm, it yeah, was a exactly. good revision it was a necessary revision yeah because you know he had there were certain rules that he implemented like there's no age restriction on when you can become a jedi anymore and with that, it was more of just, yeah, you have to be a lot more careful because if I recruit someone as a as a master or, you know, when they're an adult, they have a lot more, you know, life they, they've had a, yeah, uh-huh. life experience and time to, to grapple with these feelings and all these other things. But if not, we're just kind of letting these people float around until they either become Sith or just get taken advantage of by someone who knows better right yeah and then and then the other thing that he did was he uh he broke the rule about uh there not being love yeah yeah love and marriage right because if you have a healthy approach to that well then yeah and and it was a, a good point too although i think actually when they did it we didn't when they implemented this rule we didn't know it at the time but you know he had the whole thing of well, the entire reason the Last Jedi Order exploded was because we didn't let this happen, right? There was a repression of emotion and yeah. feelings, and even much positive ones. Yeah, yeah. and, exactly. you know, that because we didn't allow love, we let, you know, my father happened. Yeah, and I think... And we can get around this. You're right there. Like, the, the repression of those things, like, it goes against 
sentient being nature i would say human nature but obviously mm -hmm. there's other aliens and stuff like that um but yeah I, I feel like you're right in that regard where you know the repression of those emotions to uh abnormal extent is what can you know create people like dooku that turn to the mm -hmm. dark side fully because they want to embrace those emotions like um you know i don't know the story with palpatine i don't know his backstory i, I never oh. read like the plagueis stuff but you know, in huh. EU, but I feel like he had something that turned him, you know, or unless he was always a Sith, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel I feel like he would always had something that, I don't know, that just, he was like, this is not how it should be. This is how it should oh. be. And he just does it. What do you got? Well, do you, do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm down. I mean, it's not, um, it's not spoilers anymore. It's, it's non-canon, so. No, this the spark notes of that particular event. Him and his dad were not on the best of terms. Was he abusive or something? Nah, controlling, okay. trying to be. And Palpatine's very, very uh, independent. Yeah. And so trying to do his own thing. And then when Plagueis starts getting involved and dad's basically like, yeah, you, you can't see him anymore. And he's like, I'm going to. No, you're not. And because you keep saying that, we're going to ship you off to boarding school basically, because from Naboo. And so, oh, don't worry. The rest of the family is going to go with you and make sure you're there, and then we're going to take off and leave you alone. Oh. Midway during the travel, he's just like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> listen to you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and so he starts really... And because um, Plagueis is just like, hey, he's, he's pure instigator at this point, pure Gilgamesh, going, hey, why don't you emancipate yourself? What? Yeah, you're almost an adult. You can do that, and then you're your own master. So emancipate, bro. Make your own decisions. You don't want to go there. No, I don't. But they're making me want to have to. And then he's thinking about this the entirety of the trip, and halfway there, he's just like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. And mom comes in, and somebody comes in, I think his dad, and he, he like flips out and like snaps his neck with the force, and he's like, oh, what? Then his mom comes in. He's like, what did you do? And he just hurls her across the deck. And, like, she slams into the, the boards. And she starts, her bones start breaking and stuff. Jesus and then he's just, Christ. he, he <laughs> doesn't basically move from the spot. He's not, he's just whipping people around and hurling people. His whole that's family that's on board. Ability, you'd say? That's when he, he knows. Okay. Yeah, because it's uncontrolled there. And he is kind of shaking. Well, anybody would be shaken by that at that point. And he reaches out to Plagueis and he's just like, Ugh, I'll come get you. Don't worry. Now, the interesting thing about that story is like you're saying his dad was kind of the catalyst for his uh, his anger and his everything, like being controlling there. And eventually he's like, you know what, dad? I'm not going to let you control me. I'm going to control the universe or the galaxy. <laughs> and he controls right? everything. Yeah. He what he oh, needed, I and I think the triggers, and we see it with Anakin's fall too, is like the want is always there, but the morality of society holds you from doing that until that one person who's Unlocked just like, "No, nah, it's okay. I won't judge you." And I've been talking to you for a while now, and you know, I think you know me. I think we're pretty good friends. And no, no, don't worry. I feel that way too. We're the same. Good... Don't worry. It's a good idea. A good point to jump off on Plagueis. Um, is Plagueis like what? What is his? Like, I don't know any about his personality or his goals. I know the, only the one thing, which mm -hmm. was to extend life or to breathe life using the Force. Mm -hmm. What? Um, what was his deal with you know the dark side and like what? No, what was his... you want to take this one or you want me to continue? Uh, you can keep going. 
Yeah, so Plagueis was, and I think this is due to his master as well, Tenebris. Um, they were more scientists. Well, sounds like it. Yeah, Plagueis more so. Tenebris, he want he was um, Bith. I yeah, believe. he was Bith. Yeah. And so Bith had great science to begin with, so he brought that into the mix for himself. But he was also, he, so he was into cloning and a bunch of stuff like that. But he also held on to the esoteric teachings from the old Sith. So it's still like lightsaber dueling, everything like that. But Plagueis is like, yeah, fight nobody really. So it's like you, you waste too much time on that when we could be looking into the mysteries of the Force and seeing how we can. It was always about imposing his will on it. Because since he was a kid. Controlling the Force. He, yeah, he knew he was different. And it, not like somebody trying to figure out like, oh, I moved the thing one time uncontrollably i don't know like that harry potter kind of experience he was just like no i'm different i know i'm different i know i'm strong oh, he had the same kind of deal with his dad had uh two wives and he was i think the second one yeah and they got sent away because immune society couldn't do that or something i'm right. pretty mm -hmm. fuzzy on that but yeah so they pretty much he tenebris had an uh, accord with Pelagius's father and at some point he came back and he's like all right him He's powerful because he knew the mom was force sensitive as well. Um, so taking him, he got into the sciences. He had like a whole arbitorium on some secret planet that he eventually moved to after a, a assassination attempt on him. Plagueis? And that, yes. And that's where he started to show Sidious a lot of his biotech, Sith tech with you know what they extending might be life. Saying that now, they, that's where the Drangir might have come from. If they're going to go that way, because it's around Plagueis time, I would assume. No, no, because he he well, we don't know. Spoil anymore, by the way, spoilers but... for the new the High Republic, the new uh, book series. If you're not reading that, then just oh, into skip the dark a little tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is he raised that planet before he left? Because that was it. Once he showed Palpatine everything and then he's just like, well, I have this all in my head now. I have all my notes. I have everything like that. This facility doesn't need to be because he had a bunch of mutated and bioengineered monsters and different kind of things and plant life all around that thing. He just he had somebody come through and incinerate the entire thing from in atmosphere. But yeah, like they, they destroyed kind of stuff. They destroyed the place. So that if anything survived it, it got it had to be locked up, which I don't think he would have done by that point um he's like a mad scientist of the sith almost like he wanted to impose yeah. his will and kind of mold the force and make things that could use the force or you know, harness yes. it and it worked because that all culminated with anakin um mm -hmm. on the which is what palpatine i guess like yeah. the creation of anakin with shmi skywalker because they were doing some some kind of ritual i was trying to think of where it was where he was really trying to impose his will on and at that time it was the midi chlorians that were yeah all about mm -hmm. canon right so he was imposing his will on them to just create life um either he was trying to do it for something in his immediate area or just trying to see if he could do it and they knew they were successful from the ripples that happened in the force but they didn't know where and how they just and knew when. it worked yeah. so from there that confirmation of doing that was like Okay, so now I can manipulate life, and now I'm going to look for ways to extend mine. Um, but by that point, he was forced into a rebreather and a bunch of different things to help him stay alive. 
And so he was constantly drawing on it. And Palpatine took advantage of a lapse. And then that was near the end of just before all the Naboo stuff popped off on in episode one. So you're, you're starting episode one. You're watching it. Plague is still alive. He's, um, when the duel of fates happens and everything like that, like that night is basically when Palpatine's going to become senator of the Naboo. Right, right. And that's when he, bam, and turns and has that master apprentice standoff, and he comes out victorious. Yeah, that was all. That was always something that I found kind of hilarious. Was just, you know, they have that. They have that moment, and you know, at the same time, Palpatine's also got his backup plan, right, of Maul, mm-hmm. just in case. But then I, I always found it hilarious that then during the entire Clone Wars. You just see Dooku trying over and over again to start that same thing. Yeah. Right. Get an apprentice, start to build him up. Oh, God, Palpatine found out. Um, oops. And then in, in the extent in the extended, you know, back then, it was even more so because it wasn't just Ventress. Mm. It was like Ventress. And then there was Sora Burke. And then there were like three other ones. And it was just it was just this constant stream of Dooku trying to create these these dark Jedi that could stand against Palpatine and constantly failing. Mm-hmm. I would say Dooku is more of a tactician rather than a, a schemer. And yeah. yeah, he, he was used for completely political reasons though, because you needed somebody to be that bold. He was, he the, was the, he mm-hmm. was what Anakin was supposed to be for the empire. Mm-hmm. Because sure, yeah, yeah. you you needed a face for the for the CIS, but that was charismatic, that could bring them together, who's rich and powerful enough where they would actually show him some kind of modicum of respect. Because you have the techno mm. union, you have the the mune, um, the banking clans, and all those yeah, guys yeah. who don't want anything to do with the Republic anymore, right? And seeing how they. They, they, if they stood up to anybody there, they'd be instantly laughed off or not taken seriously or nothing until mm-hmm. Dooku, former Jedi Master, all this stuff, Count of Sereno, all this comes through, titles out crazy, everybody knows him, and he's on the opposite side. Well, now you have to pay attention because mm-hmm. you have to watch what he says because he knows you, right? So you, you need that. And if that wasn't a necessary thing, he could have still gone to Palpatine and Palpatine would be like, yeah, yeah, sure, go do a thing and then just get him killed because there's no point to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, now that we've talked about the Jedi and the Sith a little bit, I, I feel like we should talk a little bit more about the Jedi and, like, specifics of, like, certain Jedi. Um, but we do have something that was introduced in the sequel trilogy, and I know you guys aren't, like, huge fans of it, but an interesting concept is, like, the dyad of the Force. Mm-hmm. Maybe not how they used it in the, you know, in the final episode, but having, like, there is, you know, the, it has been mentioned in Star Wars before where, you know, the dark side in the light side have to be in balance, right? So there's always mm. an equal power there, or if there's, you know, a vacuum, it will eventually, you know, be balanced and then it might shift the other way. Um, I think that's an interesting concept that they, they can definitely work with in the High Republic and possibly in the future um, in, like, movies and TVs and shows like that. What do you guys think of the dyad as a concept between the Jedi and the Sith or, like, the dark side and the light side, not specifically Jedi-Sith? I don't... I still struggle to understand what the hell they're talking about with that stuff because nobody, everybody says like, oh yeah, it's another short story, but nobody ever specifically points out where. And I haven't cared enough to go look because I just thought it was convenient plot device for them. Sure. Mm. Um, because they've done everything retroactively, everything throughout this series. They've had, they've tried to explain themselves through something or the other because it wasn't clearly defined 
in the movie that should have clearly defined it and then given more explanation on top of that rather right. than giving you nothing and making up something afterwards. So part of that was just like, sure, you say it's somewhere else, but is it somewhere else in your canon or is it somewhere else from Legends? Because if it's from your canon, bullshit. If it's from Legends, you stole it. So which one is it going to be? Because you said you're getting rid of all that. Um, mm. So it's it's tough to even respect that as a thing because it's like... It's a concept. I, because if you say, oh, these two people or whatever, that works because there were n almost none in, yeah. the, in the area at that point. Because if you go back to Old Republic, you have thousands of Jedi and thousands of Sith running around. How the fuck do you get this dyad? <laughs> but the, I think right? in the higher, yeah, 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 later on, like now. In the High Republic, you still have tons of Jedi running around. You saw you have thousands, secret Sith yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But you know what? Those two secret Sith have been one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two for, for almost 800 years now at this point, or mm -hmm. a little bit over 800 years at this point. If there should be a Gajiliad at that point, because there's only two, yeah. but the power is supposed to be consolidated in either one in one and then passed down to another, right? That's how the dark side and the rule of two. If you have this whole dyad thing, the rule of two that makes no sense. You mm. again try to undo a bunch of things because if you need this to balance out, and it's supposed to, be, well, how many times is it going to balance out? Is it a constant teeter totter? Is there a set amount of time that one's supposed to be on one side or the other? Because it, it's it's a thousand years. If you don't have something happen in a thousand years and then, then it randomly happens, you know, in 1100 years, it's like, that's so arbitrary. Mm. It's convenient plot device they're using and then trying to backsplain it. With, and it's it, it's lazy. The, the thing that really annoyed me with it was there, like, there is a good way to have that idea. But yeah, you're right. Like having it as a dyad doesn't, that's just too imposing, right? Just and call then it force balance. Um, no, I was just looking at some more stuff about the dyad because I wanted to make sure I wasn't just saying nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It's and basic. So, like, yeah. Go ahead. The pure definition of it, it's the pairing of two force-sensitive beings, making them one in the force. Mm -hmm. Power of dyad is strong as life itself, and the individuals who form the dyad shared a connection that spanned across space and time. It's like, that's bullshit once again. <laughs> Because but everything's connected you, through the force. But exactly, and how can <laughs> sorry, no, how I can, do it. How can um, think of all the times, even from reading the most recent Thrawn books, Vader's thinking about something and he's angry, and the 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 Emperor can feel it across the galaxy and be like, mm, okay, you're close to the whatever, or you're doing it, and they communicate that way, right? And it's just like he he's even used the force from what he learned with Plagueis to keep him alive when he was a burnt husk. On Mustafar, and then, did he lose life? No. Did he lose? Any, did he, he healed him? Basically, right? Rare power such as force healing. It's such a it's such an angering thing to see when you go play an MMO and you have a full on healing class that's yeah, all their right. job, but they're not dropping dead. <laughs> it's like this just looks ridiculous, and I can't take it seriously. Maybe sure we haven't seen somebody go and like, oh, I'm gonna heal you in in the in the movies. So it's like here's a med pack, here's whatever, or your arm's cut off or we can't yeah, bring we never your really arm do back see like the stims and stuff like that in the movies. Right? Because we yeah. they either just straight up die or it's like, oh it's not so bad. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, right? I burnt my shoulder, we're all good. Yeah. So it's seeing stuff like this, especially for people who you have a master and apprentice who go around for years and develop a bond. You know, oh, but see, your bond's strong, but I guess it's not strong enough to be a dyad. But don't worry, you because can you feel each other as, and sense everybody's movements. The my counterpoint with that would be that the Jedi are not allowed to have that specific bond, right? So they have to repress that. Like, their bond might be growing, 
but they have to repress it so it doesn't get to a point where you know that could happen and it has noma to... comac for me real quick master comac into the dark oh yeah <laughs> yeah right if we're if if I'm supposed to be put with a master and develop a bond with him and then they die and I'm not allowed to feel anything, yeah. what the hell's the point yeah. of any no, of this? No, it's exactly. It's exactly it. <laughs> it's, now, see, and that's, that's the whole thing with the Jedi. With it's, well, it's, it's backwards. And you do these things and you expect machine, but you don't have machine. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a great point where Leox in the, in, the, in the book says, like, how are you guys supposed to care for people in the galaxy when you haven't experienced... Or allowed yeah, to experience well, it, love, basically. How, right? how, are we, how are you supposed to teach us all about love and peace if yeah. you're not allowed to do one of those two things? Exactly, yeah. and it's it's such a it's such a good line too because I think the Jedi have a good heart of what they want to do and what they want to accomplish and what they are set out to do. It's just the execution is not there for the like they're so afraid, which is funny because you know that leads to the dark side. They're so afraid yeah, of hitting yeah. the dark side and becoming. Uh, a dark side user that they are pushing this side of um being a human being or an alien being um ed's face right now he's found something um and and not being able to experience and and harness that for yeah. good right they, which is, they which is also for evil only yeah which is also why one of my favorite jedi masters i think one of the only ones i actually really liked from the old times is uh, Jolie Bindo from Kotor One. Okay, because he's got great points about. He's got the same points that Comac has. Well, he has he has an he, entire. That's talk. the old guy, right? The yeah, guy. yeah, the old guy. And he's he's got an entire talk. If your character is starting a relationship, where your Revan can basically talk to him and say, "Like I'm feeling this, and I feel like it's not right. I, you know, what should I be doing?" And he has this whole speech about it. He, he goes, "You know, love isn't isn't the dark side. Love isn't evil. Mm. Love is good and pure." You just need to. It's just that the Jedi never bothered to teach you how you're supposed to moderate it, right? Yeah, that's it. They 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 just walk away from it, like they think that it's something that'll corrupt, but it doesn't. It makes you stronger in it's the, the light. Fear. Yeah, as long as you can kill that fear part, or at least temper it, and understand that. I mean, I'm I'm basically paraphrasing him at this point, but you know, understand that. It's the time together and what you do that is the love, right? The loss is something that you have to expect at any point. You just have to treasure the time that you had together. Mm. And that's where the strength of it comes from. There's a good there's a good uh, thing I listened to earlier today or yesterday. It was a podcast and they were talking about emotions. And, you know, all emotions are healthy. It's just a matter of how you, how you temper them and how you cope with them. Yeah, how you process Anger's them. Anger's fine to have. It's just a matter of how you, you know... You like not release that anger, but how you deal with that anger, right? If you're Star taking fire, out, dude, if, always righteous anger. If that's you're taking it out on other people, doing. not good. But if you're, you know, using harnessing that energy, that the anger or whatever, to do something good or to change a habit of yours or whatever it is, that anger mm. can be good. Um, yeah, and, and, and oh, I was gonna say, and going from that dichotomy, that's that's the the versions of the set that I don't like, right, is when they're processing all that anger and hatred and it's going to 100,000 and they become the even, you know, they become edgy Vader where it's like, oh, this person, this person didn't bring me milk with my coffee, force lightning to death. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the, because there's the, I can't what's remember his name, but the, yeah, the Sith, the Sith in the uh, Swotor bounty hunter arc at the very end. Mm, yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name, but yeah, he's he's that person, right? Where it's like, yes, everything must be death and cruelty and and hurt everybody, and it's like, doesn't well, matter. It's not really happens. that special 
it's like, it, it just surf, yeah it just turns you into a sociopath or a psychopath right and at mm. that point it's like well okay i mean that's why my bounty hunter turned him on him at the end because it was just like well this guy's a monster yeah and you can't work for him like yeah that. i'm just gonna put him down afterwards because he's just an insane you know an insane warped by the dark side crazy person now before ed before you jump into what you're gonna jump into is it have is it, is it about jedi or is it about something else yes it's it's the dyad Okay, let's go about that, and then we'll go back to the Jedi, because I do want to talk about some of my favorite Jedi and, like, what they stand for and all that. Absolutely. Um, it's just, you can see here that it was, see how they keep going, oh, yeah, it's happened before, it's happened before. No, this was made for Ren and Rey. That was it. Yeah. It yeah. was made for them, because they go on talking about, like, oh, yeah, it was a prophecy that went unrecognized for years yeah. until now. So, so yeah, the the execution of what they did, I I agree with you, and Ed, and sorry, and Noma, that it is not well executed at all. Mm. The concept of it, I feel, can be done like it could be done properly if executed properly. Like the concept of the dyad is an interesting one, where there is this special, like, unique connection, and it might not be the same type of dyad connection that you know these two have with these two after millennia or whatever it is, right? I feel like it could be used in a great way if thought out properly and yeah, executed if been, properly. Yeah, I mean, we're going back to what we talked about with the sequel trilogy, right? <laughs> it's just if there was planning and if it had been thought out, it could right. have been good. Right. Sorry, but yeah. the way that they implement the diet is just it gives you it just gives you a bunch of questions like, oh, so you're saying Anakin and Ahsoka weren't close enough for this? You're saying Qui Gon and Obi Wan weren't close enough for this? Right? You're saying that. There was never any Sith, any Sith that are allowed to indulge in their passions where we've seen this before. Because just... they, they go on here to say there's two there's two last things. They go to say uh, Plagueis tried to make one with Sidious and Sidious tried to make one with Vader. Ha ha, I laugh at that. They do say that Force had first appeared in the 2015 film Star Wars Episode 7. That is stated. Now, that the whole thing with those two, it brings it back to what I was just saying with Plagueis and Palpatine, because they're, what they were trying to do was manipulate life. Mm. They were successful. It was nothing to do with that. This is nitpicking and choosing what specific two had some momentous moment. Yeah. I, I don't think then, it's like, because like, if we look at Rey and Kylo Ren... It was to set them up so they could kiss. But not, that's it. But not so. So <laughs> they they didn't have like a special bond with each other when they first and like became a thing. They didn't really have a special connection apart from, you know, Ben was a Skywalker and Ray was a Palpatine. Like and mm -hmm. there like there's no blood connection there. There's nothing. It's just they were very powerful in the Force that the Force created this dyad or whatever. Um, but I think, like, the the dyad. I don't think it would be. The way that you're describing it there, that people are saying, I don't think a dyad is created by, you know, create like forging a bond between each other. It's and literally soulmates. I think, I think it's, it's, it's like force. <laughs> That's the definition. It's like the, it's like the force choosing two beings to, yeah, it's, it's essentially soulmates. Yeah. But not in the romantic sense. It's more of like. Yes, it is in the romantic well, sense. Well, yeah. It's because of what we saw in episode That's nine. exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. But like the force will bring people together. That's not that what that's, that's not saying. what the diet is supposed to be for. Like there's there's this, they they say it in the book, and I told you guys about this. I think when we talked about the rise of Skywalker, whereas like that, the the kiss is not supposed to be romantic. Like we're getting into sequel trilogy stuff. But what yeah. I'm trying to say is, the the dyad I believe is supposed to have this special like it, it's a special connection that allows 
you know, certain parts of the force that are not able to be utilized to be utilized where you have like, you know, Palpatine couldn't in, in the movies, Palpatine couldn't resurrect, like fully come back because he didn't have that energy or whatever. Right. It's, Trust me, it's flawed as fuck. I, I mean, but so <laughs> if you're gonna use that, somehow as... the emperor. No, so, so like the, the no, That's so it. no, so the light side, the light side can have some powers. This is how I see it. The light side can can use the force in certain ways, but they can't use it in the ways that the Sith can, right? Yes, they can. They have to. They they they, they don't then because... they turn into the Sith and they become a dark side user. Is how that is described in the Star Wars universe, correct? And then you have uh... the Sith, where they can use, you know. Sith powers and they can use Jedi powers to a degree, but I feel like there's there's a divide there, right? You can't kind of overlap fully 100%. In EU, probably you could, as you like, you know, Grey Jedi or, or whatever it is. Not even that. I will just bring up Clone Wars for you. Anakin force choked the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. but he was already going people. to the dark side. Like he was, he was making. Well, that... Was he a Sith then? According to your logic, right there, he used the dark side power. Right. Is he? Is he, also... is he a Sith? Well, and then you've also got Mace Windu, be, but... who who has developed an entire oh, light side, you know, lightsaber style on using the dark side. That is true. That is true. Straddling I... that line between light and dark. I feel like the, the the dyad bridges the gap between the divide of the force that they've created. These, you know, the people, the he, the humans, the aliens that bridges then, those gaps. I don't know. You, this is just like theorizing. It, it, it because it it's yeah. it's it's such a specific thing made for these two yeah. specific individuals yeah. that we don't know a it, lot about it. There's and no precedent yeah. for it. So yeah. like you can you you can't really use what's already been there to try and somehow put this That's fair. It, it's, it's I'm not, trying to I'm you, trying to rational like, not rationalize, I'm trying to justify under, understand it more is my my idea. I'm trying to understand so, what it could be or what it was shown as. That that is no fault of yours because it wasn't actually properly either. Yeah. No, and I agree, yeah. Right? I agree like it wasn't so executed well all at all. All of this all of it can only be speculation because they don't even have answers to right. it. They yeah. just wanted these two to be connected, and they could they couldn't talk in the movies. They couldn't come together in any of the movies until confrontation because she was a rebel. And he was, it's Romeo and Juliet, if you want to put it that way. They're a dyad too, mm. like right. And it's, then it just it turns into that romance constantly. Or if it's if it's two of the same whatever you want to call it, it was two girls and they were doing the same thing. What do you call it then? Is it still a dyad? Because they could, but then there's no relationship part of it. Why force it here? I mean, there could be. There definitely could be. There's no reason at, for this, though. At, they, at the, 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 sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, at, at the end of the day, I feel like I think the dyad is it's an interesting idea, but the way it's implemented and just done is poor, right? And again, that's I think partly because just it was episode nine trying to bridge a bunch of gaps together yeah. and try to make that thing. Cause I guarantee I, I would, I would bet that the dyad wasn't an idea in episode eight. It was just something that, you know, Oh, there's, Oh, there's rain on his hand after they talk in, in the force. Like that's all Rian had. Right. It was just, Oh, isn't that funny? Like he can kind of oh, tell where she was because of the thing. And then, you know, JJ tries to wrap that all together in, in spirit you know, package. Yeah, in in because he had to do two movies in one, basically, right? So it's it's an interesting so idea. Dyad, but not a huge. No, we're not a huge fan of. No, nah, okay. because I, you know you know yeah. what I feel, and this is the last point I'll make. It, I'm sorry. No, that's um, good. With the dyad and everything, if they're meant for each, to, see, I really want to say meant for each other, <laughs> but if they're soulmates at that point, so from the time you're growing up, you should feel this thing with somebody out there. You don't know what you can't explain it. 
but you do and you just know that thing you know what i mean especially with something like the force you know so would ben at that point too and he already he's already had this training and he's getting this training he'd be able to sense this other thing or something like that and then maybe try to talk to luke about it it's not that dark side it's not anything like that it's nothing it's just a thing right Mm -hmm. so from there ray doesn't even know she's force sensitive or anything like that but then all of a sudden all this powerful thing comes through yeah, I don't know. Like we said, I, it's, I it's, it's the execution that really hit, hurts it. The only thing I'd say in response to that is, like, you'd feel it. Like, I think that was kind of, kind of shown when it might just be, you know, a, a sentence. But when Kylo Ren's like, "What girl?" when he says, you know, they he escaped with a girl or whatever. That's yeah, I but know, like even, that, that's that, reaching. Yeah, that is, it is. No, and I, I I acknowledge that it's such a, a reach, but that's the only thing I could think of of him feeling that sort of connection anyway it's like some get... random girl took this what girl right <laughs> exactly let's get into the jedi um one jedi i really want to start off with is qui-gon because mm -hmm. i feel like he is in the prequel trilogy like he is the epitome of the jedi of what they should be and how they should kind of i don't know act through like have that force act through them i guess um you know he challenges the council on things he doesn't agree with he goes about things in a way that, you know, Jedi usually don't. He's kind of like that off-beaten path kind of Jedi. Now, I haven't read through Master and Apprentice, and Ed has, and I don't think Noma has. But there's, there mm. is some stuff in there that I've, I've read a little bit of, like, kind of teenage um, Qui-Gon, but not too much yet. Mm -hmm. But it's I, I feel like Qui-Gon, to me anyway, he is my favorite Jedi, is the, the epitome of what the Jedi should strive to be, I guess. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on Qui-Gon are. Or if you like them or don't like them. Well, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to be as spoiler free as possible here for you. As a as a Padawan, he was your typical Jedi Padawan. Nothing like that. Dooku was his master. We know that from mm. things from before. Um, it wasn't until Dooku started to really get into prophecies and stuff like that. Uh, is where Qui-Gon started to develop these thoughts. And yeah. then, because he, he was with him too. And that was when he was still a Padawan. And he's looking at, you know, Dooku would start sneaking uh, holocrons out of the archives and looking more in depth. Too. These were things you could not take out of the archives at that time. And he's doing that. He's looking for everything. He's having Qui-Gon help him. Qui-Gon recognizes that, you know, you're doing this too much and you're looking into this too much. As he starts to get older and these events through Master and Apprentice start taking place, um, he starts to get to this realization where it's just like, oh, I had a vision. There's something here. Vision says this. I interpreted it completely in a different way. I'm not going to say whether right, wrong, anything like that. You be the judge of that when you listen to it or read it. Mm -hmm. um, but from there, that really sparks because Obi Wan's still really young at that time too. Yeah, he'd be um, like a kid. Yeah, this, this is like this Master and Apprentice, that I think is one of the few where they're like just coming together. Yeah, if not, that's where they've been for a bit. I think that was their first real thing together, um, and it was just it's a it's it's a big journey for him to realize what the Force means to him and yeah. what he wants to do with it. Because part of it is just like, hey. You know, you've had you've butted heads with council so much, you know, there's questions coming up. What are you going to do? So for the mo all the book, he's struggling with this question. 
and then meanwhile trying to figure out what his place is and with the force after momentous events and he's just like essentially covers his his like ascension in his mindset towards the force and the jedi council well because we agree that he's really gray at that point not because of like any dark influence about that or anything but just because he recognizes the fact that there is it's like no he recognizes like there's no light dark there is only yeah force mm. and i think that by the end of it that's what he's starting to see mm. and the next years will bring him further and further along to that path or why why do you think he was the first one in how many years to come back and be like hey yeah i'm a ghost so mm. yeah no this is cool because i learned how to do this and it's actually not that hard but you know you guys are blind and you won't do the thing we're supposed to do so yeah. that's on you i can show you but you have to accept what i'm saying yeah. Which at that to put anybody there would be completely jarring, right? Based on everything mm-hmm. there, but continue. No, well, what are you thinking about uh, Qui Gon? Uh, I mean, yeah. So all of my knowledge of Qui Gon is from the old universe, you know, the old ex- expanded universe. But it was basically the same character, which is is the one bright side, right? The the only real difference there was that, from what I remember in, exp- in extended universe, uh, Qui Gon is a really strict adherent to the Living Force theory. Mm-hmm. And it is it is basically that same thing, right? Where it's yeah. like there is no there is no pure good and pure evil in the force. It's all different categories of it, and we need to understand them all in order to, you know, reach that full enlightenment state. And then he does, and that's what brings him to, you know, Force Ghost mm-hmm. is is finding that that balance between the two and and kind of. Uh, really listening to the force and being able to commune with it in that way that he's able to learn the force spirit technique. But yeah, no, Qui-Gon's always been an interesting Jedi to me. And you're right. You know, also when you guys are talking about, you know, defying the council and I just kind of remember those as throwaway lines in episode one, but it is true, right? That once you start to really look at the council from that time and realize how flawed it is. Yeah. Qui-Gon seems more and more like he's, doing the right thing and he really knows what's up and obi-wan mm-hmm. always like in episode one he's questioning what he's doing he's like that's not what the jedi council would want it's like well you know is that what we should be doing yeah yeah right which is which, yeah you got you really got to read master and apprentice because that is tame yeah compared oh, to okay yeah. <laughs> very tame yeah. that mm-hmm. we see there because he's got a, he's got respect for him now at this point mm-hmm. but by in master apprentice everybody knows Qui-Gon as the, oh god this descending yeah yeah da, da. he's got and a reputation Obi- in the jedi temple obi-wan gets mm-hmm. stuck with him and it's the it's it's a dyad of um complete duality because one is strict yes council this 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 structure yeah you know this is our laws and then you have guy who's like i don't give a fuck about any of that (laughs) now here's what we're gonna do and obi-wan cannot wrap his head around it and you'll you'll see that in detail in master apprentice the one the one thing that i'm curious to see how you know what the hell they'll be doing differently is um there there's a because what i what i grew up with with qui-gon was there's these old kids books called I, I it's like trials of the jedi or something like that but it's it's basically these series of novels that take place where it's uh obi-wan and qui-gon when they're pre phantom menace mm-hmm. still working together and, and doing missions but there's a big and i at the time i thought it was really cool uh there's this big revelation part way through where it turns out that qui-gon's actually really close with one of the uh, female Jedi masters. Ah. And then from there it turns out, oh no, it's not just that they're really close, is that they're basically 
I, I can't remember how they go into it in the books, but they're, it's they're basically lovers, and they've acknowledged that they have feelings of love for each other, but they kind of try to keep it. That's as far as they go, basically. It's a down low, mm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like they they really care for each other, and they've got all these strong feelings, and that's it. But then she gets killed by someone in those books. Interesting. And when she dies in those books, Qui Gon goes full like Liam Neeson taken, even though oh, it was, God. Like, years before that book came yeah. out, or sorry, mm-hmm. years before that movie came out, and he goes on a rampage. And Obi Wan basically has to like chase after him and try and stop him. And I always thought the, those books were really interesting. Mm. And there's one I, I I should try and find the cover of it if I have time. But it's just this like raging Qui Gon on the cover, cool. and like this Obi Wan like screaming behind him basically. These are kids' yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it gets dark. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> are these like are these like early reader books? Or are these like books that for like you know like grade eight or like high school? Uh, I mean, I I read them when I was in like grade one and two. Oh and, my! Uh, so they're they're like yeah. mini chapter books, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, they they were fine for me to read it, but yeah, they were really interesting. Interesting. And there was a bunch of other things with that, and then it turns out that in they did another series of books where Obi Wan almost has that same relationship, and you know now Mona. now it's well it's yeah, so it's another. Else. Yeah, it's another. I think her name was like Siri something. Hey God. Siri. Oh no. But, oh, no. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> My phone. Yeah. Right. But yeah, and now they've got Satine, right? So it all just kind of flows together in in different ways. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, like yeah, Qui Gon's always been very. He's definitely the the Jedi Master that I would relate most to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the equivalent of the Jolie Bindo, right, from Kotor to Episode One. The interesting thing too is like we talked briefly about you know the the relationship between him and Obi Wan and I guess that's a good way to jump into Obi Wan here is you know Obi Wan at the beginning you can kind of tell he's like by the book and all these things and then as you know Qui Gon and him go through these adventure this adventure in like Naboo and you know Tatooine and Episode One and stuff like that and after he dies Obi Wan really takes some time I, I feel between Episode One and Two to think about what Qui Gon was really doing with the force and how he like viewed everything and his perspective on all these things. And that's what really forged Obi-Wan into be the Jedi Knight and the Jedi master that he becomes later on, because he doesn't always see eye to eye with the council. He doesn't always, you know, follow by the book as he usually did as a Padawan and as a knight and as a, as a master, he, I don't know, he grew from the experience from his master dying from Qui-Gon. Um, I'm going to take this one in a direction that probably doesn't happen very often, just because I think we have this glow around Obi-Wan for good reason, too. But um, I think we see a little bit of that in the Clone Wars. Well, we see the exact opposite. And I think with his relationship to Obi-Wan and Anakin, I think he died too young for both of them because they both still needed him. Yeah. Because Mm. Obi-Wan, within a few years after the death, has completely reverted to how he was before, in my opinion. Not only was he still about following rules, and yeah, they were getting into mischief, but I think that was more because Anakin's influence at that point, just jumping off and doing stuff. Now he's dragged into it and has to get them out. Um, there's parts of that. There's also things where he actually becomes, and he becomes a part of the council that's still so blind, and may, where he's trying to say, th- like, he is that voice of like, hey... You can kind of hear the Qui-Gon when, for example, when we were reading um, the Kinlan Voss and um, Asajj Ventress. Oh, yeah, Dark Disciple. Disciple, yeah. Yeah. He he was the one who was just like, what, we're assassinating people now? No, 
no, let's not do this. Like th there were there were moments where he did bring that in because you know think of what you're actually supposed to be. Mm. There's that Qui-Gon influence, but there's because he was gone and removed for that amount of time where he only he what was Obi Wan like canonically between 14 and 17 or 17 and 20? Yeah, somewhere around when he died. Yeah. Right? It's just like, no, now you're not really an adult yet. And now you have to take what little time you've had with him because you he wasn't your master from when you were one. You might have been, it might have been four years, five years, three years, however long it was. That's not enough time for the, all that influence to, to develop. So you have the council saying all these things and you're joining them and you're hearing all these things and you're in all these meetings and these debates. You still really can't do much because they still go through with the plan anyway. It still gets everybody into a royal heap of trouble, and who's there to save the day and pull them out of it? Anakin and Obi Wan, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show. It's just like, yes, you're there, but I feel like if Qui Gon had a little bit more time, a little bit more influence, both Obi Wan and Anakin would have turned out much differently than they were. Mm -hmm. That like his his influence is huge, and I feel like plot device. Yes, it was snuffed out quickly because it had to be because then we have the characters that we do now. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that whole universe, especially leading up to the Clone Wars, would have been extremely different. Yeah. Was he still around yeah. at that point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, Obi-Wan, he's definitely my favorite Jedi, you know, in the the prequels. I mean, Anakin is, is definitely close behind him, but then he's not exactly a Jedi the whole time. But, yeah, I think for me, the best part of Obi-Wan was always just his, like, the pure sass, right? Yeah. Just how much how much fun he has while he's doing his duty and being a good Jedi. But yeah, kind of looking at, at what he ends up doing, he does. I agree with that. He really ends up kind of falling in line and just not being very proactive in his own search of the force outside of, you know, what he does with uh, his relationship with Anakin and He's preoccupied. I see. I yeah. Yeah. Say. That whole try yeah. trying to keep that as, as we kind of see from season seven and, some of the hints from from books and deleted scenes, you know, he he does spend a lot of time trying to protect them, right, and make sure that nobody else realizes that, you know, Anakin's ha has a relationship and you know, going through all of that stuff. So it, in terms of his caring about other people, you know, that's also one of his best points. Mm. How how much heart he has, and you know, he still harbors those feelings for Satine clearly. Yeah, that was that was Clone Wars, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, overall, he's he's a great Jedi. It's just in the grand scheme of of all Jedi that have ever existed, I feel like I don't really want to say he's he's a bit a bit standard, I think. Okay. But he definitely I think out of all the main characters that we see, he he really encompasses the the truest meaning of what it is to be a Jedi. In the that job, sense. in that yeah, sense, yeah. yeah. Like he's the job. The duty. Qui Gon yes, is yeah. the the aspect. Mm. And then you have the mm, I'm not gonna yeah. and yeah the council is is as especially in Clone Wars, it, <laughs> it just and just and just so biased. It's still I still get angry watching uh, the Ahsoka the trial of Ahsoka. Yeah, where it's just like how are you all this freaking blind? blind? Yeah, and that, that I remember that was the the arc as well that made me. Uh, start laughing now when I see Kiati Mundi die on Megiddo. <laughs> it was like, hey, you deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you, you're kind of kind of an asshole. Speaking of other Jedi Masters, uh, another person that I wanted to talk about was Master Yoda. 
he's a very prominent figure in very basically i would say all of the star wars movies um the main ones at least anyway and then we have him in the clone wars and that's a pretty big uh point in yoda's um learning as a jedi in, as a force user i guess um but we do get we do get some things like um you know him being grandmaster on the jedi council him you know going into exile on dagobah um him coming back to you know talk with with luke and outside the tree thing in the sequel trilogy but the biggest thing for me was when he goes in the clone wars lost episodes to the kind of the center i guess i would say is of, of, of the force with uh kind of confronting the dark side within himself and coming to terms with that and that mm -hmm. you know it's okay to have everybody has the dark side within them it's what you do and how you cope with it i guess how you deal with that dark side and he learns that um when he goes to the planet with the the force priests or priestesses I guess um and i thought that was a really interesting arc that is always fun to come back to and just kind of see the you know, the personification of the force teaching yoda i guess um but yeah what did you guys what do you guys think of yoda and his journey as a, as a jedi grandmaster and in exile and everything posthumous Again, I'm going to be controversial. Uh, <laughs> like this, this discussion topic, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, and everything I thought about has, I have very different different opinions now than I did at first. And to me, it's it's similar to, he's great. You can be great. Great doesn't translate into good. Yeah, he's very selfish. Um. Mm. Let's let's start with the High Republic because that's what's happening now. There's huge conflict and bullshit going on right now. Where is he? Oh, he's, he's off, off on kids. some distant thing with some kids. He's teaching younglings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are a part of the. I don't know if he's a part of the council by this point. They haven't really said. That's yeah, true. He's a master, but, so I would assume. Yeah. He's probably. See, he can do his own thing, but you know, it's just like, okay, you're with the kids and doing that, but all he's freaking problems are happening and they say oh he's strong enough and he's so powerful enough where he can feel it wherever he is and have some kind of small influence why aren't you with the epicenter of these things because you're actually needed and what wreath just went through with his whole you know there is no i it's we and i have to be able to serve and be ready to serve now as a master it's very selfish actually that you get to go off and do your own thing if you're supposed to be serving right you still need to adhere to somebody to something um, if you're a way seeker, that's different, but he's not right. Mm. He's still part of the temple. He's still part of this. If you have to teach youngling something great, how could you take like a three year sabbatical with kids? I don't think, supposed I, think to be... I think he's on the journey to get them lightsaber crystals. I think is kind of the idea what I got yeah, from okay. it, but come jumping to Elam and then coming back within yeah, the yeah. span of all this thing. He should be back by now yeah, you'd, and you'd you're trying to so. deal with this thing. Right. So there's that, uh, getting into the Republic era or this, just the almost prequel. the end of the old Republic, the prequel era. So he's there. When he does show up, from, we see him in Attack of the Clones when he does come through. Great, but you had no knowledge of this stuff because it was all done behind back, but you're taking full command of it now. How much did you question it? How much did you look into Sifo-Dyas and everything he was doing? How much mm. did you look into his connection and everything like that? Obi-Wan brought you all the information. What did you do with it? Nothing but say, great, we have army. Right? Mm. It's like you have all this wisdom. You have all this stuff you're supposed to be okay go through when they go to him for camino and everything like that again you've been traveling ever but yeah it was wiped from the archives now you don't know anybody old enough 
who would know about stuff like this. Nobody's talked about it before. Yes, there are trillions and billions of planets around. You've been around for almost 800 years by this point. You haven't heard something in passing. Oh, no, let's let the kids do it. Time is of the <laughs> essence. Yeah. I get that you want yeah. to train them at the same time, but you're in the middle. You're about to have a war. You have, you're sending this guy out on espionage. He needs all the best inf information he can get. Sure, the kid came up with it, and sure, it was pretty quick. That was very convenient. Do that somewhere else. And they're all like, I can't understand. I can't understand. Well, he's off Camino now, and they're all off Camino now because they figured out we were learning, and I didn't get the information in time. But you want to train the kids. Okay, like, bring, center yourself in reality. His head is in the clouds so much sometimes. That I feel like it's lost it's... in the force. Like, you, we see him meditating all the time and, like, trying... To, I, I would assume during the meditations he's trying to sort these things out, but I feel like he gets lost in that too much. Like, he's, and, he's and, asking... And I, think, I think complacent is, yeah. is oh, a yeah. big thing, too. Mm -hmm. Well, and because talking about selfish, and we, we talked about this in Into the Dark as well, but... I mean, yeah, because there Look are these... at all the things that are happening, right? Well, and and also just yeah, we and we see there are these moments that that Yoda has where it's it doesn't seem like he's being very wise or at least very aware of what the situation is, right? Because when Anakin comes to him and says, "I'm I'm scared. I keep having these nightmares of of losing someone that I care about, and I can't I can't deal with it." And his his response oh, is, "Oh, fear, fear, yeah, dark side, dark side. Just stop caring about them. Just what? stop caring." It's, it's like, like well, how well, many masters have come back and talked about this stuff or tried yeah. to talk about this stuff and what you just didn't listen to them either. Look, it's happening 200 years well, later and you're Dooku. still not listening. Right, we see yeah, the fall of Dooku because, you know, Yoda trained him and I would assume gave him the same kind of treatment. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you can't sense all the turmoil going on in in Anakin. You can't sense how, you know, that doesn't quite that doesn't calm him when you say just forget about it. Fear, just, I, great fear I sense in you. Yeah. Good, then do something about it. Yeah, help. <laughs> That's why uh, you're Grandmaster, isn't it? I think now that we've talked about that a little bit and kind of seeing like, yeah, he doesn't really have, you know, the the great way of dealing with like, you know, Dooku and, and uh, Anakin in that way. Maybe that's why he does prefer to teach the younglings from a young age because he can teach them to not have those connections to it like you know what i mean it's a selfish thing maybe because I mean, you're not learning from if you start them off with that foundation right and then these things happen when they're older something is flawed yeah and if it's the it's the initial thing that's flawed you have to change or at least learn from the mistakes yeah. you've had so many years to do so and you know what because when Luke runs into him on Dagobah and he's that silly old man yeah. running around, yeah. the whole Master Roshi kind of style, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the good when, yeah. when when you talked about him going to the like the center and learning all those things. Honestly, I think he was cracked, at least in part, because how do you hit that realization when it finally hits you? And you've been touting this line for let's say six hundred odd years. Yeah, it's a big where it's been like. Oh no, you can't be dark, dark, bad, dark, bad. Oh no, dark's part of everyone. What? Like, that's kind of. still learning. You're, yeah, the majority exactly. of my life has been a lie. A lie. And you're at almost 900 now hearing this. Think of all that time that's gone past and everything that you've done and how much your influence has led to this point. Yeah. He has more of a reason for running off into exile than Luke did in eight. Mm. Because oh, that is. That is a major fuck up, right? So from there, when Luke, so he can still kind of, he still at that point has that training, like he's training a youngling again, where it's like there is no try, everything like that, and then goes off and makes jokes and runs around, carry me, carry me. 
you know, because it's just like, oh, I'm testing it this point. Carry me, carry me. It's fun, right? But no, I just want to get over there so I can get food. Yeah, yeah well, carry me, carry me. Like, you know, you're having fun and then you're serious and then you're fun and then you're serious and then you're fun. That's crazy. That's not that's not normal. And yeah. you could call it, you know, dementia's old or whatever like that. But no, you're cracked because of everything that you've had to take in. And you did understand it. You've been communing with Qui-Gon and um, those guys who are training you to do this Obi-Wan stuff, right? Because Qui-Gon's been talking yeah. to him since, right? You're also talking with ghosts now and who's telling you about the living force and that, yeah, unfortunately, you weren't listening and you didn't do the thing and now we're here. That's got to hurt. Yeah. And you're on this planet suffused with the dark side, right? Because you're there. Why else would he be there other than to hide? No. Well, in part, but also to confront, right? Mm. Because you spent all this year in light and light and light and this is light. Now you get this part of you that has no training whatsoever and, like, you have everything to push it back, but to not open yourself to it and then try to sift through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can have the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's the same thing that Ahsoka does, right? Mm-hmm. Where when she stays on uh, Malachor afterwards to also learn that other side, right? And I feel like that is that is definitely something that then makes them into a stronger Jedi or just Force seer. I think in general, right? Because yeah. I think that is the one thing that I'll, that is definitely true with Yoda is he's probably well from what we see in Episode Three as well. He's the most powerful in the Force, right? Mm-hmm. Out of out of any of the Jedi and arguably even Palpatine, he is you know, highest aspect of, of, uh, you know, just pure knowledge of the force and being able to use it. I would say Palpatine's um, probably like, they're probably on par. Like we see them fighting and it's a pretty even match. I would say. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're really yeah. close. Right. I say that nobody. Yeah. But it's with no one's point. There's nobody who was able to really like, even Windu at that point had to have his saber up to like keep yeah. the lightning at bay. Right, right. Exactly. Yoda was just like, Oh, saber's gone. Nah. Yeah. Bare hand. Yeah. Yeah. Bare handed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you have to have some kind of knowledge of that. And that leads me to believe like you are, it's, it's that they should be a dyad at that point because right? you have one guy <laughs> who's completely like level five, light, like five, the high, the highest you can go. And you have level, level 75 five Jedi and right. Star Wars the old Republic. And at, and at that point, if you're five dark, five light you know that's that perfect balance right there mm. like that's why that stuff can happen yeah yeah but i think that's what with... makes yoda an interesting character though is that you know he's so jedi to a debilitating degree that he's not a perfect person like he's not a perfect character he's more machine he has, and... he has that flaw <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is probably why he can't see why it's so hard for everybody else when he's saying things like oh where am i Oh, right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. To be fair, yeah. like, you know, we don't know a lot about Yoda's alien race, like the species he mm. is. We know that Yaddle is there and Grogu. Like, those are the only two that we yeah. know of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you don't have a species, you know, your species surrounding you every day, um, you know, having that identity, I guess. I don't, I don't you know, it's just speculation, but and, well, I feel like that's, you know, I the see connection, where you're going with that. The connection yeah. and, you know, like those things, he can probably just, you know, be like, yeah, I don't. I don't have that connection or whatever, you know, it's whatever that 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 is also a decent point, because I guess, you know, when you've seen 900 years worth of loss, you get that's a really lot. used to it. Yeah. But it and it, it plays off that. And again, right. Extended universe. It plays off that, you know, dichotomy of Dooku saying, you know, he's been like this for over 800 years at this point. He's kind of just he ways. can't really relate to people like us anymore. Um, and it's just again, it's it's something I, I get annoyed with because these are the problems of when you can't destroy the entire extended universe 
because then you know you lose some of this insight on Yoda. And then on the other side, the one I, I that always bugs me is Palpatine's plan falls apart now, right? And now it's just I want to be evil and rule the galaxy. Yeah. I liked an extended universe because it made more sense when it was he learned about the Yuuzhan Vong and went, oh god, the galaxy's not ready for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to take it over and turn it into a military hellhole so to strengthen our military to the nth degree so that when they show up, we can actually fight them. To, to be mm-hmm. fair to that point, there is something in Star Wars canon that I'm not going to go into. Ed, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Um, that's similar, not similar to the Yuuzhan Vong, but there is a threat that is looming. Core concepts the same. Yeah, yeah. There's a threat that's looming and Palpatine does learn about it. Um, mm. So I feel like that point could still be there if they choose to go with it. Yeah, no, 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 but yeah, that's, not even, yeah, not even, yeah. not even sequel trilogy at this point. But hmm. I'd argue they can't use that point because by the time the knowledge is, the, the knowledge was known about the one before Empire. That's the whole reason why, or yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the reason why the Empire. But for this, the Empire is already a structure, and then yeah. this is just a new existential threat that's like oh well lucky we have this give me information so i can specialize right right i feel like yeah it's it's different in that regard but i feel like it could have a similar outcome but you're right the sequel trilogy does kind of put a kibosh on that um let's move on because i feel like we talked about the jedi for quite a bit there's a lot of jedi that i still want to talk about but we'll maybe come back to another podcast yeah we can do a whole thing on jedi um so we have some things i'm just gonna you know go through a few different um types of characters or groups of characters and you know we can kind of say a few quick points on them um and then we can round off so we have um i have points here we have the night sisters who deal with like the dark magics of the force like a mother talzin And uh, what's the girl's name from Fallen Order? I can't remember her name. Meryl? Marin? Marin? Something like that. Marin. Yeah. Yeah. Sister Marin, um, who is the the, the last night sister, I guess. I found that a very interesting choice of like how they, like how they use the magics of the dark side to do different things, to breathe life into things, to bring things back, to Mm -hmm. heal minds to a degree, that kind of stuff with Maul. Um, Sith necromancers, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really interesting. And even, like, technomancers, because, like, the legs that they give them all are all, like, that magic stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Bendu, who is, you know, the dark and the light. He's kind of in the yeah, middle when he true, talks with... True neutral force. Yeah, so he talks to Kanan, and we get that whole storyline of Kanan trying to find his way in the force when he's lost his vision. Mm. Um, I, f- I feel like the Bendu is such a an enigma in the force and in the star wars you know story that we really need more of that to understand it and Mm -hmm. on that same vein we have mortis with the father the daughter and the son and i feel like if they were to go harder with dave filoni and and john favreau into the dyad of the force like those people going into that i feel like the mortis story and that whole you know brother sister and father in the middle and everything. I feel like that is kind of the the way they would go. But no, no, because the whole <laughs> again, these things they, they can't be connected only because the Mortis stuff was just to confirm the Anakin Chosen One prophecy. Mm. I feel like it because... was bigger than that though. Like it it did confirm it, but I feel like it was so much bigger because we do get the world between worlds, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's connected to Mortis with everything in between that. With EU, you had mm. um, the mother, yes, who was yeah. part of that as well, and 
at that time, EU was still a thing, so you can have father, sister, daughter. Now, I'd argue that Mortis, although it's there and it's kind of, it's, again, it's it's so weird it's a, to try yeah. and bring all these concepts in because they've, mm. they've bisected everything to do with a bunch of these stories where they don't have a proper beginning they're just there now yeah. so they're that's how you can't connect them because they're completely separate events like the whole point of that was like the father's like hey time isn't really a construct for us but at the same time i'm losing my grip on them and i can't hold them anymore the only one who can do so is you know the one who can hold them both in check guess what the galaxy because the galaxy did come together through the force to create anakin as that anchor is him and that's why he can stand and look like Ahsoka. Look at her during that and look at where she's become now, right? Yeah. But right in that moment, couldn't do a thing. Turning dark, everything like that. I feel like that really Obi-Wan. influenced her. Like, yeah. now that I think about it, that dark side influence that she had there. I feel like that's really what set her story into motion subconsciously for her. Because she didn't remember any of that stuff, I don't think. None of she... them did, yeah. Yeah, none of them do. Yeah, and so I feel like that is something that, the, you know, the Force played through her. And not controlled her her actions but i feel like it the force was um how do they say it it's through her in that way it's the first step up to the catalyst which is her you know the entire temple abandoning her exactly well everyone except for anakin and then her decision afterwards not to go with the temple sorry go ahead yeah yeah because you have you have that moment where ahsoka is getting affected really heavily obi-wan's at a loss yeah at this point as to what even to do other than you know hold her off from attacking and killing them and that's just like instinctive at that point, right? Where you have Anakin right in the middle being like, enough, you calm down, mm. you calm down, hold, hold, kneel and submit. He was the only one who could do that. You could get Palpatine in that situation and just due to the sheer whatever, it wouldn't work. There would be imbalance, mm. right? Whereas he, at that moment in time, was The father right in that regard. He was right there, that. right? And that was just to confirm that all whatever happens from four, five, six, everything like that, he will be the one who sets this into reality. I think I so, think for the sake of the force, I think now that we've talked about it, it's safe to say that we can take seven, eight, and nine and take it out of this discussion just because it does throw so much <laughs> into flux. Let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah. let's remove that from this discussion just to make it so then what we do know and what was created for the force mm-hmm. from the the, the people the, that do the know planned, it. the planned universe, the planned universe. yes yeah yeah i feel like it makes a lot more sense because there's so many like but this happened the sequel trilogy and it just puts everything else into question right mm-hmm. yeah because they just threw sh- threw random shit in there right what's, but what, yeah what's your opinion on mortis to, well so jumping back with with mortis and bendu i feel mortis was interesting to me i didn't really like it at first because i it just seemed it seemed very oh, strange, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I've I've watched that arc a bunch of times now, and I do I do like it a lot more. So good. I feel like I feel like it, it'd be interesting to get more because the Mortis, as far as I can tell, the Mortis storyline is also done now, right? It's just the father. To, There's nobody. To be fair, it could not be only because they brought it back in Rebels with the the, well, the temple, the, right? But the temple, the world between worlds, temple, and all that. Yeah, the that temple talks about. I, I assumed at least. That temple talks about what it was before, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka found them. True. Because yeah. the Lothal Temple, as far as we know, has n- not been used at all during Clone Wars. Right, right? and then the Emperor's, like, excavating it because he wants to get that. And that's yeah, what we ancient see in, knowledge, yeah, specifically. Yeah, manipulate um, time, I guess. Yeah, but so for me, 
I feel like Bendu's much more interesting, especially because it was good to see in Rebels that he stays true neutral, like force neutral, right? Yeah. When they're being when Adelon base is being attacked and everything, he goes, "I'm not, I'm not helping you." It's not my job to take. He him does, down. he this does come fight. into it though, but it's. But when he comes in, he's still a neutral force, right? Yeah. He kills every. He he tries to kill everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the the big ultimately thing. helping so, the rebels, but yes, he is a neutral yeah. force. He's not trying to whoever save whoever took advantage of that situation at that point would be the yeah. victor. Yeah. Mm. And also, you know, I, I would also say definitely was focusing on the Imperials since they try to attack him, right? Mm. No, it's only fair. You attack me, I attack you. Yeah, yeah. So collateral damage. Yeah. And then that poor A-wing pilot who gets blown out of the sky as they're trying to escape. <laughs> oh god. But I, I feel like, yeah, seeing more force beings like that would be really interesting to me. And we're, you know, we're starting to get that with High Republic, but I, I won't go too into that just in case it's spoilers. But mm -hmm. just seeing more more beings who are naturally aligned with the force, because we do have other mentions of those. Mm -hmm. I think they're still kind of canon, right? Uh, Mira Lucan's. Yeah. Um, Moralian. Moralian. Mary Allen's. Yeah. yeah. It's so similar. It always messes with me. Right. True I Sith. That way too. Yeah. The true, yeah. The true <laughs> Sith race. Yeah, da, 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 da. Oh no, wait, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, seven, eight, nine aren't a thing, but we still, if we're talking canon, yeah, no, because then that goes into dance. Just we said, talk, it throws we, we, everything no, out of whack. Talk, let's, let's talk that. But when, that's when, very important. Yeah, because it also ties in. We have a point here about the Jedi, mm. who are like the the just force users of yes. the the ancient times, the first times. These were the guys who were using force imbued swords. Yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and then eventually leading up to backpack lightsabers. <laughs> yes, which we've uh, created so, in our universe. Hooray! Yeah, yeah, in our yeah, world. yeah. So I, lo I love how that. Such that, a great, right? such a great uh, science channel. If, if you can yes, find man. that, the real life lightsaber, it's so cool. Now, YouTube. the whole reason for there to be the light and the dark is because there was a schism that happened and there were arguments for the dark through arguments for the light there was a there's a bit of a battle and then the dark jedi it's spelled G J E apostrophe d-a-i-i um split off and took to the stars and went searching for their own place because they couldn't stay there they their numbers were run down they were losing so they're just like let's just get out and continue or our band. <laughs> yeah um but when they hit there the whole reason they weren't called Sith at that time. Sith wasn't yeah. a concept because it was actually a race of beings who were just mm -hmm. of the dark. Um, but naturally they, aligned. while the, they were naturally aligned and while the force was strong on that world of dark, they didn't necessarily have anything to tap into it. They weren't those mystics. They were almost beasts. Like Mas think Masasi, but more mm -hmm. human, right? Oh, Masasi. Now, now they when landing there, they saw everything these dark Jedi could do at this point. They were just like, oh my, they must be gods. And then they started interbreeding with them, and then you got the Sith pureblood race who were strong in the Force, specifically the dark side because of where they were located and all the things they could do. That brought up people like, I think one of them was Exar Kun or some... Yeah, yeah they, were, they were part of that, right? Finding this pureblood race and everything like that. And that's where the name Sith came from. That's where the idea came from. The dark side. That's where you have the Sith Empire and everything that came from that. With Disney cutting them out of canon, you've destroyed your entire series by default, because now you have to come up with a whole new origin yeah. for the Sith. 
and where did why did they get their name and why did they call themselves that and everything like this was because of a race and then it became the and that's whole all thing. In, that's a lot of stuff in like the canon the sorry the legends stories as well as you know swator and all that stuff as well where we see a lot of the sith kind of being mentioned and you you know as a playable yeah. race because you game. you don't actually have a bunch of the galaxy if the sith empire wasn't a thing mm. because if you take that out if they're taking them out they take the ricotta out too and then you get a bunch of things and a bunch of technology that cannot work because it was not precursored by all this stuff before yeah so i think it was just very i don't know who came up with that idea but it was very foolish yeah no i, and agree I don't with you think it was oh, looked yeah. into enough it was it was incredibly prideful. I could yeah. I could totally see them taking that back if they really are in a, like a tough place. They will be. They've put themselves yeah. into yeah. one where it's um, like. I was gonna say no, but did you have something? To, you were talking about Mortis and like the the Force beings and wanting to see those. Is there anything else you want to talk about there, or can should we continue with the Sith? Uh, oh, I mean, just going on to other stuff that, I mean, it it's. The stuff that is like we were talking about with expanded universe, it's in expanded universe purgatory right now. Yeah. Because as someone who loved *Heir to the Empire* and all that, and you know those books, all the Thrawn books, the fact that we technically have the El Samari and the Vong skirt. Well, we don't have the Vong skirt. Samari, yeah. Yeah. We have a. But the fact that we, well, we we have one interpretation of them in artwork in Thrawn's room. That's yeah. all we've got on the Isla uh, the Isla Mari right now. If anybody doesn't know the Isla Mari, uh. So in, in the old uh, Heir to the Empire, which is when Thrawn was originally introduced, he basically finds a planet where there are a species of predators called the Vongsker, and they hunt their targets through the Force. Because the planet is incredibly Force-sensitive. So he finds the Vongsker, and then from the Vongsker, he finds the Il-Samari. And the Il-Samari are this race of... Well, it's not even a race, it's a fauna. That it's a, you know, it's a... Little ferret rabbit ear kind of yeah. things. Yeah. And, they, and they block it, no? Yeah. They they block the their defense mechanism against the Vongsker is to block out the force. Mm -hmm. So they naturally nullify the force. So when Thrawn is going up against, you know, the New Republic and Luke and his new Jedi Order, he is ba he basically starts getting a bunch of Il Samari and either handing them out to his his trusted officials and himself so the Jedi can't mess with them. Yeah, mm. they can't mind trick them. They can't, you know, they can't force push them or anything like that. Vongsker sound very much like the the predator of like the Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? Like they're like a mm. hunting like alien race that is just ruthless and is you know ready to go. Kinda. They're they're basically just really angry big act dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big. big oh, act they're actually dogs. like animals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, sh I should I have see. been clearer about that. But yeah, okay. they're yeah they're they're just hunters basically. They're, 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 they're predator not, dogs. Uh, sentient. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's interesting. But just stuff like that, right? Force imbued anything's, right? And like I said, we're getting some of that now in Into the Dark and High Republic in general. But just seeing more of that kind of stuff, I think, is really interesting, right? I think, yeah, the, like talking about like how um, kind of way back about how the Jedi kind of view the Force and connect with the Force and the Force is, you know, kind of flowing through them. We get with like, like Ezra, you know, being able to connect with animals is mm. like his thing, right? And he's, you know, able to connect with the Pergil out of anything. And from such a distance, right? Um, I don't know if, like, we didn't really get an idea if they were Force-sensitive beings, but they were, like, what, ba what they based, like, the hyperdrives on and stuff like that. Um, mm. Which is interesting, but I feel like if we get more of, like, the 
the forest in different new ways with different species, different aliens, different fauna, flora, that kind of stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to be treated to with you know the, at least the High Republic and possibly some new movies or TV shows. Yeah. I think we're gonna be in for a good treat. Also, just for myself. Although I guess they have kind of brought this back now because uh, I, I just remembered Light of the Jedi that they do talk about how Avar Chris can do this. I just want to see some of the older Force styles come back as well, like Force Battlemaster. Battle Meditation? Yeah, Battle Meditation. And and like from what Satil I remember, Shun. yeah, Satil and Bastilla. Bastilla, yeah. yeah um, Bastilla. Or and... even, even um, what's his name? To a lesser degree from the Sith, the Brotherhood, Lord Khan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just seeing those kind of things. And like I said, I, I seem to remember Chris uses a bit, it's like something like Battle battle, battle, battle Meditation. Connection between all the Jedi that she can do. And it's no, like, yeah. she's like a... That's what it is. The, they just wrote mm, it with a different interpretation. Yeah, no, but that's... that's exactly what it yeah, is. Because with Battle, you you influence. Yeah. And you mm. connect. And you can you can touch every mind in that and be like, yeah, we're make best, them all we coordinate better. The interesting yeah, thing is, like, I, I, I pictured her as like a walkie-talkie relay station. <laughs> That's exactly her feelings. That's a good idea. That's yeah, literally what she her is, like yeah. a radio tower. Yeah, and she's and connecting she's all the mobile out, devices, all the is. phones. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah, see, see the way the way I always interpreted it, which is is funny because I guess it's a different version of that. Was battle meditation allows you to become the player of an RTS game? Yeah, and you're like, you go here, you go <laughs> yeah. here. Everybody, we got this. Yeah, exactly. You're We're playing you Total War, Star Wars. Everybody, exactly right. You can coordinate everybody see, at the same time. And that's <laughs> funny because all three of these tie into each individual for Dan, what you were saying with your, with your radio. So that's kind of, that's kind of what Bastila did yeah, um, yeah, yeah. with Chris was exactly what you were saying. Noma with the art mm. or no, sorry. Lord Khan was what you were saying yeah, with the yeah. whole battle board, because it's just like, yep. Oh no. Fury's going this way and rage is crushing into move. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that's exactly how it was written. So yeah, right. perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we, you know, going through different other um, Force users or things that use the Force, there's one that we want to talk about, but we can't. It's a spoiler for a book that Noma hasn't read yet, and we really want to keep it a, a secret. I appreciate um, it. There's uh, other things Force here, though. Force that Noma doesn't know about. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so, anyway, because uh, I'm just going to... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, we, get, we get things with the Inquisitorius. They're, you know ex-Jedi that have turned to dark side users but aren't Sith and aren't trained as Sith. They're more trained mm -hmm. as just use the, like, it's like if you took a Jedi and just said, use your negative emotions to your whatever, go for it. Yeah. That's literally Inquisitorious. It's, it's the first stage of the Sith temptation, right? Yeah, strike me down and, and hate they're, and anger. They're held there. And that's all I'm going to teach you. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> the Inquisitorious are just Darth Maul on mass, you realize. Yes, but Darth Maul was he was trained in the dark side. Darth Maul was never strong with the force. He was more of the physical manifestation of the dark remember side. Remember what Palpatine basically categorized him as. Oh yeah, yeah. He treated he him like Vader treats the Inquisitorius. That is correct. No, no, not not even in that respect. He's just like he was never gonna be an apprentice. Yeah. He yeah. was it, I don't want to use the word enforcer his close to yeah, Vader. No, enforcer, but, I would say. Yeah. Not even because he was—he wasn't upfront when people looked that he was there just to be there. He was muscle, yes, yeah. But that was his job. He was—he was training him with the arts. He was never gonna train him fully to Sith Lord. He let him think that because mm. it, yeah, it, it got it got everything going and it got him following 
the plan. Mm. But it was always going to be Plagueis Insidious, and he was just going to toss him off at anything. Um, but, yeah, Maul was just supposed to be that guy who was you sent out. He's your warrior. That's it. And that's, I feel, how the Inquisitorius was trained. I don't see it as a coincidence that they're all double, they're all double blade just because the thing spins and whatever. It was just to give them their own take on it. Otherwise, they would literally look like Maul running around on right, mass. Right. So they had to have some kind of nuance Aesthetic, to yeah. them, right? So there's that. But that that's the idea. The, like, you have Maul, this great warrior. Vader can't actually do half the things these guys do anymore. He has a different kind of presence. Mm -hmm. But when you need these guys to skulk about in the shadows and not be seen and everything yeah. like that, it's like, who and was doing that? And they have the inside of the Jedi Order too, right? Like, I mean, Vader does as well, but that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing that they have going for them is that they were ex-Jedi, and now they're these Inquisitorious that can hunt the Jedi that they know so much about. Yeah, and it's easier to know. hunt someone when you know and, their tactics. Yeah. And think about it. He's already had that feeling for the drive where it's just like, oh, look at everything that Maul went through. Palpatine saw all this. He's like, when do I get to fight and test myself against a Jedi? When do I get to? When do I get to? He sneaks off to a, a the whole station just to be like, hey, there's a Padawan here. I can fight the Padawan. Oh, I got to fight off all these bounty hunters and form a pact with them just to get to the thing so I can fight mm -hmm. it. This crazy drive and urge to constantly test himself and prove himself to know that he can beat a Jedi. Yeah. Now you're giving them that free run to do the same. And what do they go through? There's Jedi there. There's Jedi there. Go kill them. <laughs> get them. Go get them. They are, here is your mold. Whereas Jango Fett was the mold for the clone army, Maul was the mold for the Inquisitorius. Yeah. So can you imagine how disrespectful it looked to him when he shows up in Rebels and they're there and he's just like, yeah, let me actually teach you how it's done because his <laughs> training was way more extreme and he's just handling them with a stick. And yeah. he's like handling them because he that's him. He knows and he knows how to beat that. All his training modules, even in the fan film things when he's got all these orbs all around him batting everything aside it's just like that's we saw how he fights he's way more brutal he's way more all that stuff he doesn't depend on the spinny thing to take him away he will fight you and he will hunt you like a dog yeah there's some and pretty good comics of him hunting too right and um, that's them so to a lesser degree because it's on mass again not I would just say one guy getting all this training the inquisitors are like the secret police for the jedi like to hunt the jedi you know what i mean like, oh, the yeah, Jedi are there? Let's go get them. Which, I mean, going into that as well, like, what a surprise. I prefer the extended universe thing better. But to a degree as well, I think the Inquisitorius definitely has some points that the extended universe part didn't have. I Stop. <laughs> no, no, I'm pointing to my hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got confused there. Um, but yeah, because as, as that has been pointed, as I just made the symbol for the Emperor's hand was the yeah. equivalent of the Inquisitorius in the extended books. And I thought they worked a lot. I thought they, they their job made a lot of sense because for anyone who doesn't know, the Emperor's hand was basically Palpatine would go out and find four sensitives and he would train them to become dark side assassins, basically. Yeah. And he'd he'd make them think it's the same kind of thing as Maul. He'd make them think it was the whole deal. He'd tell them that they were basically Sith, even though they weren't because he wasn't teaching them any force techniques. Uh, or any advanced force techniques, and he'd give them a lightsaber, and he'd say, okay, you guys are basically Sith now. Go out and, and kill any enemies to the Empire. And I'm also horrifically biased towards the Emperor's Hand because that's how we get Mara Jade, who is one of my favorite characters in the extended universe. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I feel like the Inquisitorius does fulfill something that, with this new canon, is something that needs to be addressed, right? The remaining Jedi that weren't taken up by Order 66 that the Hand never had to deal with. 
right? That's why they all get annihilated when Luke mm -hmm. shows up, because it's a real Jedi. Well, everyone except for Mara Jade mm -hmm. gets, yeah, just kicked around. Um, and we, we get some really sad people getting kicked around. Like, who's the guy that Kyle Katarn fights? Oh, God. Starts with a J or something. He's, I just remember he's got the black bar across his eyes. He's also in, in, in Emperor's hand. But, man, when you fight him, it's really sad. Yeah. That's just going to show you the power of the delusion, right? Yeah, um, believing they're true, they're actually Sith. But and that's where their flaw, I think, is with the Inquisitorius as well, because they also have that kind of delusion. Um, yeah, that's that's why that's why one ex Padawan can beat two of them. Yeah, right? exactly. They've never heard of the rule of two because that's never been explained to them. Because why would it be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we have the Guardians of the Wills. I wrote down here um, specifically Chira Imwe uh, mm -hmm. from Rogue One. He is connected to the Force, so he can kind of sense things through the Force and, and feel through the Force. Uh, he's an interesting character because it was the first time we kind of got a non-Force user that is, you know, able to feel through the Force, I guess, and see through the Force in a way. Well, I'd say, I'd argue, especially by the end, also just use the Force, right? He's a Force adept, I think, yeah. would be the easiest Not thing. Not a classically to, trained Jedi or Sith, but yeah, just a If we have to categorize could, yeah. them, you know? Mm. Because think of it this way. Maybe he did go to the temple maybe got cut off somehow but like you know if you don't pass your trials they don't just say get out you still have a connection you still have all this you could end up in the agricultural court you could end up in frontier either doing a specific thing helping somebody you could end up in the archives you can understand but there was always something for you so this temple on jetta could have been something like that it was like you know you have a really deep understanding of it or anything you need to have the best access to it but that mm. is there to help people along, and you can be one of the custodians in this temple. Right, they're guarding it. Yeah. You will be true monk at that, that point. And that is something I'm, I I hope they do revisit at some point because I am curious to see what the temple on Jeddah's purpose was. Oh, they 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 do. Outside it's in a book called the Guardians of the Wells. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a young reader's book, I guess, like kind of grade seven eight book. Okay. Actually, it's actually quite good, and there's like passages from the actual temple in the book as well, which is really cool. Um, and it goes through like Bays and Shirt on Jeddah as you know shit's going down and before Rogue One. Okay. Uh, we get uh, something else here I want to talk about is the Wookiees. I, I thought about it as we we're talking here about Force beings in, in the galaxy, and the Wookiees are an inherent race that just has this connection to the Force. And we get that with Buryaga, but we also get you know the the planet Kashyyyk. The trees are one with the Force as well. Um, we get that in you know Fallen Order, but we also get that in you know Episode Three and. All the times we ever see Kashyyyk and, and Wookiees, I mean, apart from Chewbacca, really, he doesn't have a huge strength with the Force, but there are parts and pieces that we get that kind of gives us a little bit more about the living Force and how it interacts with, you know, different types of uh, alien races in, in the Star Wars galaxy or planets in the Star Wars galaxy, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, finally, the one last thing I wanted to talk about is the planet of Ilum. Because we never really got around to it. I didn't write it down here, but I thought about it just now. You know, it's inherently Force-related with the Kyber Crystals and the Kyber Crystals being this, like, living sentient... Not sentient, but living, like, crystal that, you know, pairs itself with Jedi and, and does these things. We don't have a lot of information on it. I don't know if there's a lot of stuff in Legends about it. Um, but I thought it was really interesting to bring up just Ilum in general. And this is also kind of why I wanted to take the sequel trilogy out of it, because they destroy Ilum in Episode 7. So, um, yeah, talking about wasting resources. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of Ilum? I feel like it's a really interesting 
piece of the Star Wars galaxy that has a very important role for the, in general with the Force, not just for the Jedi, but for you know the Kyber crystals in relation to the Force. Um, I'll be the voice of once again controversy. Um, one, haha, I think it was a funny way for just Yoda to escape more. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's 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 the favorite child at this point because you still have places like Dantooine and a bunch of other places that do have crystal caves. I'm thinking Kotor 2, Noma. You oh, legit go in there and find a crystal for your saber for the the enclave on Dantooine. Mm. Uh, so it's not like Ilum's special in that regard for providing crystals. It's just the most convenient place for them to go. Yeah. Um, because we see it from times of Old Republic and everything like that, but we see these other places too. It's just a matter of location. And for, like, for Coruscant... To head up Dantooine's actually closer so you have to have real like Ilum has to have something special about it that has not been explained yet that makes it different from mm. the other crystal caves across the galaxy to have some significant meaning other than just because there's temples everywhere yeah so it has that uh, special meaning that hasn't been explained yet to make it so special yeah and I mean my original anger for Ilum, which I, I think, you know, I, I think a, a, it's still justified to a degree, but originally it was because with New Canon, Ilum was the only planet that we knew of in New Canon that had kyber crystals, and they blow it up, right? And then they, they retconned that by then explaining Jeddah, and mm -hmm. how that whole, like, oh, that's also another planet. Doesn't Ezra right, get it, his crystal from, like, the Lothal Temple while he's in, like, the Force Vision or something? Yeah, I, I honestly I don't so. know. Like you guys know more rebels than me. I'm pretty I sure. I'm I, I'm remembering that scene, but I can't remember. I just where don't. It is. I just don't remember how he gets the green crystal later on. Yeah, because his I don't think we do know. Apart. It's, yeah. it's it's the whole episode five to six skip where you get yeah, a time right. skip. He's a little older. He's recrafted Man, his saber. I'd that, love that story. That still bugs. Well, so there's a deleted scene for uh, Return of the Jedi. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but. It shows uh, him doing it. No? Yeah, it shows him building the the lightsaber he uses in Episode Six, and he he finishes building it in uh, Obi Wan's hut, well, old Ben's hut, right? Mm -hmm. And because the the book of Obi Wan in that uh, sense was ha showing him how to build a lightsaber, basically. They really should have showed that. Yeah, that's, seriously, that's intrinsic knowledge, and that's something that he should have to be able to teach the future generation should it come yeah. to that point how to do so. Yeah, exactly. It makes a lot more sense, right? Just, yeah, it gives like you a Rebels it gives, watch. Yeah, it gives you plausibility to be like, well, he learned it here, so therefore he knows how to teach. Not all of a yeah. sudden everybody just knows. Yeah. Yeah, and and so so one thing that I I do like that they've been doing is you know like Ed was saying they are you know we can bring stuff back like Dantooine, and with Mandalorian now they've brought back uh, Kray Dragon pearls, right? Which was another thing you could use so. instead of a, a Kyber crystal. So, although we haven't, they haven't shown that you can use that as a lightsaber crystal, but I mean, hopefully you still can. But I do also hope that they kind of expand more on that, right? It's, it doesn't necessarily have to be a kyber crystal. It's just that they're the most common and they're the easiest to attune to. And that's kind of why most people use, because I remember there's other ones. I've got, a, I've actually got a book. I could look through it if. Hurricane. If um, that's what made Windu's 
crystal purple because it was from a particular planet. It was special. Mm -hmm. And he didn't choose him or anything like that. It was gifted to him for the help that he rendered to the people of the planet. Mm -hmm. They gave him a special one, and that's what he used, and that's what gave it his unique glow. Uh, They wrote that to tie into what what Sam wanted. Mm. Uh, yeah, because he's one of that color, still. and yeah. I do, I do love the the fact that they then kind of soft retcon to. I think it's still a thing where it's you know people who use the purple lightsaber are people who can use the dark and the light and, and come back from yeah, yeah, not but not get see, corrupted. Those are those are, and I know we bash on stuff a lot for going back and changing things, but these are small things that little edits that you make to be like. Yeah, he wanted a purple one, so we made some lore about a purple one. Yeah. Cool. Not a, It's not a huge plot device. It's mm-hmm. not a huge thing. But now it's corrupted because you have all this emotion. So why is his emotion so different that it turns it purple? Yeah, right. Whereas everybody has green and blue fucking mood sabers. But anyway. Because um, yeah, he didn't make his kyber crystal bleed, which is uh, still... I, oh, my God. He just <laughs> bruised it. That's all. That's why it's purple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Before we do, don't forget... The plot of one force user that could come back and play a pivotal plot device in Mandalorian could be those whales that shipped. Um, oh, the Purgles? Yeah. <laughs> they shipped. Yeah, or, or Ezra the Ahsoka series. In, in yeah. Way, yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to get a lot of Mortis in the Ahsoka yeah. series from the design of like the actual logo for the show. Very much I hope, reminiscent. I hope instead of going the Mortis way, they really do look into more of that world between or the the path between the worlds. Yeah, the world between worlds. So we can see we can see exactly what its purpose is. Because for right there, yes, we know Ezra used it to save Ahsoka, but you know, did that have some fundamental paradigm shift of what the world's purpose is? Is mm. it for there to be some general caretaker? Maybe maybe the force is a guy in there controlling everything. <laughs> that would that would actually be interesting because then you could be like, there's an actual solid connection. So you can question and this point. You can do the right. And and if anything, and everybody's mad and then sticks a saber to him, guess what? You've cut you've literally cut off the force. Like that mm. could that be a thing? It'd be it'd be kind of dumb, but you know, it, it, <laughs> Although, it's a possibility. Like you show the use or the purpose yeah. for that, other than just being a pathway to run around and just not know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Although if that was a thing, then they would make it a more tangible uh, response to the thing we were talking about for Kotor too, mm. right? Kind of the Reapers solidifies that plan. Oh, <laughs> so, so <laughs> someone as as, came through and right, said, as, you know. This was the way, and we programmed this, and it's set up, and it's running. The program if, is running. If Mass Effect is Star Wars, does that mean Mass Effect 3 is the sequel trilogy? Okay. <laughs> um, one thing, last thing, sorry. I wanted to ask this question just when everything wrapped up. Uh, because we kind of got into it a bit with uh, Avar Chris and the Battle of Meditation and all that. Mm. Now, put yourself in the shoes of a Force user, Right. My first question, because High Republic did this really well with the interpretations of how each and every Jedi there saw it in a different way and Mm -hmm. communed with almost like having a Zanpakuto and seeing that inner world for like your personal view. If you guys were to have that interpretation, like what what would you see it as or what would you interpret it as? Like what would it look like to you if you closed your eyes, meditated and it, you know, force started happening? Hmm. 
because everybody knows of the effect that you can have on the state of the world. With push, mm. I've moved the thing. Pull, I've summoned it to me. Chump, I've augmented yeah. my body strength, right? But in terms of just sitting there and pretending you're looking at a wall or a screen or art and it comes and blooms to life, like, what mm -hmm. do you see? Was it, I can't remember if it was Biriago. I think it was Bell. I think, it, like, the, the way that Bell describes it, where he sees them as, like, pillars of light. Uh, Bell had the fire. Yeah, oh, a little the fire. fire stoking. There was one that was like windows as well. I think Orla Journey was like the windows in the cityscape. Yeah. That was like the one was laid up. I, yeah, I feel like for me it would it would be pillars. Like it would be like pillars of light, and then maybe like the colors that the pillars are kind of helps me see what emotions they're feeling at that point. Noma's mm -hmm. just trying to harness that RGB in his, in his powers. <laughs> More RGB the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Presented to you by Philips Hue. <laughs> What about you, Dan? Um, how would I interpret the forest? Like, how would I see yeah. it? Um, I don't, I don't under, I don't really know. Thinking about it, it's like it's tough, right? It is like, and the thing is, like, for the Jedi, like, it's not something that they get to choose. It's something that just is, you know, done. Like, it's just how you them. interpret it's just it. In mm. Innate, right? Mm. Um, I feel like. It would have to do something with light, but I think it would be like motes of light in almost mm -hmm. like Starfield in a way, like you know, like little yeah. motes of light just kind of flittering about. You know, ones that might be brighter than others, ones that might be you know bigger, smaller, different shapes. You and I are very similar in that respect. Yeah, then. I would say that's because, probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, because I kind of have that same view of just like you either like close your eyes, look up, and you see like the points. I I was thinking of it more like data. So not binary per se, like zeros and ones, the but there, there are, yeah, and there are points, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's rolling through, and you see the connection, like, if you're trying to piece things together, like, here's the map start, and here's one line connected to here, almost like a detective. That reminds me of the character from, oh, you guys haven't met them yet, it's in the High Republic comic, there's a mm -hmm. Jedi in there that's, like, super analytical like that, mm. kind of reminds me of yeah. that guy. And it just, you know, the connection starts to form. And if it creates a picture out of that drawing that eventually comes mm -hmm. up, like you have your, what you're trying to create. But it's like, you know, from this point and what was the insurgents, this, and then what led yeah. to this and this and this. <laughs> but you're letting that flow go through. You're and basically looks, the guy from, uh, it's a meme with the Sunny on the walls. in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Pepe so, like, Silva. I was going to say... Like, Oh, sorry, I was going to say either that or you're the Asteriums from Dragon Age Inquisition. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like you're picturing things and you're going nuts trying to figure it out, especially mm. those, because they're so frustrating. But when you do in the picture forms, you're like... It all connects, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like mine would be like the, 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 sh the brilliance of the motes of light and the size of the motes of light are like how strongly that one is having an effect on something. Well, not even the effect, but like... The good deeds of other people, I guess, is kind of how I would see it. Is that so? Kinda... You see somebody like a like a really good person be like radiant. Yeah, radiant, mm -hmm. bright, maybe big, slightly bigger, or something like that. I feel like that's kind of how I would see it because you know the way I live my life is you know I try and be a positive, optimistic person and help other people, and I mm -hmm. feel like that would be reflected in how I am connected with the force, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know that's the time for you know. You know, when we get reincarnated into another universe and a galaxy far, far away, it's uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to let's do isekai, an yeah, right? say, let's let's go to get isekai into. Uh, I'll go find a truck to jump in front of. Oh my Please, god! No. <laughs> yeah, sir. For those who are not anime fans, that's sometimes Spirit how they get an isekai. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> don't do I'm it. Not giving advice. I'm just don't do it. 
It happens. Um, or, you know, somebody will just show up and start laughing at you because your face was stupid when you died. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> All right. I think that does it for our forced discussion for today. Uh, this episode was actually quite uh, quite informative, like going through a lot yeah. of the legend stuff and canon things that have happened. Um, I think I learned quite a bit on this episode. And if there's anything um, that, you know, we wanted to uh, discuss in the future, we can always do a specific episode on those things or Wait. move into other topics, you know, adjacent to the Force. So keep your ears out for new discussion episodes that will be coming out in the future for the Voice of the Force. And uh, I think it's time to move into the outro of the podcast. Welcome to the outro. Not a bad episode. We're keeping it hopefully under two hours. We're close. We're closing in. And uh, we're going to let you know how to find us and talk to us online if you have any ideas of how to, you know, how Jedi or Sith or whatever Force user that maybe we didn't even cover in this episode um, connects with the Force and how the Force kind of connects through and binds us and all this other stuff. Anything to do with the Force at all, give us some information on that. And uh, you can do that by how, Noma? A whole bunch of different ways. So one of the easiest is to find us at our website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, which is a voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. As we said before, we're on all sorts of social media. So we've got Twitter and Instagram, which is at voiceforcepod. And as always, Lil Spiel, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with our growing listener base and is very much appreciated if you can do so. And as always, you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility and is very much appreciated. And you can always subscribe for free for the latest episodes as soon as it releases. And uh, they might be changing it on a whole bunch of podcast platforms when Apple does to change it to follow instead of subscribe. So remember, it doesn't cost a thing. You can listen to us for free everywhere you can get your podcasts, unless you pay for a podcast platform like Overcasts. They have like a payment thing where you have to buy the app, but everything <clears> is free. If you want to listen to us, there are ways to listen to us free. Every podcast platform we are on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Voice of the Force podcast. My name's Dan, and I was joined by Ed and Noma. Thank you very much for coming in and listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon through the Force. <laughs>